Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Hey everyone, good morning and welcome to Coastal. Great to see everybody today. I've missed you. Actually, I've been in church for the last uh, several weeks, but I haven't been preaching. Uh, Our uh, other pastors and uh, Galen did a great job while I was uh, just letting them preach, and they did did a super job, and I got to do the welcome announcements, but I'm glad to be back uh, in the pulpit, so to speak. Um, For those of you who are online, uh, thank you so much for tuning in with your family. Uh, Maybe you're by yourself with friends, your kids, your spouse. Uh, Thank you for engaging and being a part of our service online. And of course, always, it's great to see everybody uh, here in person. Uh, Just to kind of give you a little bit of a heads up, you know, sometime maybe in September, mid to late September, as things begin opening back up, schools, whatever that looks like for everybody, uh, sports, whatever that looks like, our guess is people are going to start trickling back into church. And so we will probably open up that second service sometime in September so that we can allow for a little bit more social distancing and uh, just, we still want people to feel uncomfortable uh, in the first service. So, uh, but we will let you know when all that happens. We'll probably keep children's ministry the same uh, at just one service at 9.30. Uh, but I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, we are in uh, week five of this series called Summer Reading. Uh, do me a favor and uh, raise your hand or leave a comment online uh, if you have begun reading any of the books in this series. Anybody? Okay, three. No, no, more than three. That's great. Um, uh, I hope you're enjoying them. Uh, I'm a reader, and uh, so I I encourage other people to read. But these are great books. Uh, I really do believe uh, that each one of these books in some way uh, perfectly fits uh, what we've all been going through uh, during the season of life and uh, really could serve as a great resource uh, for all of us. And that is especially true uh, of today's book. Uh, The book that I am highlighting today uh, is Unexpected by Christine Kane. Now, the tagline for the book is, Leave Fear Behind, Move Forward in Faith, and Embrace the Adventure. Wow, is that that not a message we all need to hear uh, right now for for what we're all going through? Leave Fear Behind, uh, you know, move forward in faith, and embrace this adventure of life. Uh, Christine Kane, she's a great author, teacher, communicator, and uh, she leads one of the largest nonprofit organizations in the world that's dedicated uh, to rescuing victims of human trafficking. It's called A21. Check it out. Uh, but this is exciting. Uh, not only is she all those things, but she's also going to be one of the keynote speakers this year for the Women's Chosen Conference. Uh, Seacoast always does a phenomenal job with this women's conference. A lot of the ladies here from our church have been a part of it over the years. And this year, we are the whole conference is virtual. It's online this year. Uh, tickets are $45, but we are hosting uh, an online uh, watch party here on our campus, September the 17th and the 18th. So if you're interested in that, need some more information, want to be a part of the uh, in-person watch party, uh, see Rachel Spear. She would love to talk to you. But think about it. If there is a word that fits perfectly, describes perfectly this year, 2020, unexpected, (laughs) would definitely be in the running for the top spot. Now you might think of a few other words that might be the top spot, but I think unexpected would be at least the clean version, right? I mean, and, and the big idea that kind of runs through this book, all throughout it, is that no matter what we face, okay, no matter the circumstances, no matter how unexpected they might seem to you, 
we can learn to both expect and embrace the unexpected and even learn from it and grow from it. So it's a great book, and I hope you'll read it. But one of the uh, many biblical stories that Christine uses to illustrate all of that uh, is the story of a man by the name of Caleb in the Old Testament. Caleb's life is just this great, great example of remaining faithful in the unexpected delays of life, of remaining faithful in the, in the wilderness, you know, in, in the desert. And so if you're here today watching this online, if you've ever felt like, you know, you have experienced an unexpected delay, or if you kind of feel like, you know, I've been kind of like wandering around in the wilderness lately, you know, in, in, in a certain area of my life. Listen, today's message and the story of Caleb is for you. So I pray that you're going to get something out of this today and be blessed. Well, we pick up the story of Caleb uh, at this point in his life in Joshua chapter 14. So if you're watching online, if you'd like to follow along with me on your app or your Bible, feel free, Joshua chapter 14. Now, at this point, Caleb is 85 years old. 85. I mean, is that awesome or what? 85, and he's still kicking. Not only is he still kicking, but he is living the adventure-filled life for God. But 85, wow. That's old, right? I mean, it is. I mean, we, we don't really talk about uh, the elderly and getting old an awful lot, but the reality is, guess what? I hate to break it to you. Guess what, everybody? You ready for this? We're all getting old. Okay, you're getting old. We're all getting old. Now, maybe you're not quite sure if you fit into the old category or not yet. So this morning, Pastor Chris wants to give you a little bit of help, okay? I don't know if you remember that old uh, comedy routine, you, you know you're a redneck if kind of thing. Okay, so this is, you know you're getting old when... And I got a whole bunch of things that are going to show that maybe some of you are actually getting old. So you know you're getting old when your back goes out more than you do, okay? You don't care where your wife goes just so long as you don't have to go with her. Um, it takes you twice as long for you to look half as good. People call you at 9 o'clock at night and ask, did I wake you, okay? Um, how about this one? You can live without sex, but not without your daily dose of fiber, okay? Uh, the pharmacist has now become your best friend. How many of you know your pharmacist's name, you know, by name? If you do, you are old, okay? Um, how about this one? Um, there's nothing left to learn the hard way. Um, you come to the conclusion that your worst enemy is gravity. You quit trying to hold your stomach in no matter who walks into the room. You constantly talk about the price of gas. Uh, You've learned where your prostate is. <laughs> You're old. Um, how about this one? Younger women start opening the door for you. Uh, you take a metal detector to the beach. <laughs> I like this one. Uh, getting a little action means you don't need to take a laxative that day. <laughs> um, and this does apply to some of you. Uh, your ears are now hairier than your head. <laughs> Happy hour is a nap. Um, 
Your idea of weightlifting is simply standing up. And then somebody just once said this. Somebody once said that old age is when you finally, finally got it all together, but you can't remember where you left it. (laughs) Um, So some of you have just found out that you are old. You are old. But uh, let's read about Caleb, okay? This is an old dude, but he's got his life together. And uh, I really believe it's going to speak to us today. Joshua 14, beginning in verse 6. A delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kizanite, came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea. I was only 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report, but my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day Moses solemnly promised me the land of Canaan, on which you were just walking, will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever, because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Today, I am 85 years old. I love this. I am as strong now as when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So, give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. So Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave Hebron to him as his portion of land. Wow, what a great passage of Scripture. I really believe that Caleb serves as a great example to us of three important spiritual qualities that we should all aspire to, to emulate, especially when you feel like you might be in a a time of unexpected delay. Maybe you've been wandering in the wilderness or in the desert. I think this will speak to you today. Number one, Caleb's an example of persistence. Persistence. Think about it. Caleb had been promised a piece of property 45 years earlier. And since that promise, he spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness with a bunch of dissatisfied, unfaithful, whining people. Kind of sounds like the shutdown for some of you, right? In your existence, at your home. And then, under Joshua's leadership, Caleb spent the next five years fighting as a soldier against the Canaanite kingdoms. So even after 45 years, he still held on to this great promise of God. He said, Joshua, I remember God's promise to me. Now give me the land. He never let go of that promise. The Bible calls that persistence. Persistence. Now, here's the application for you and me today. When God gives you a promise, 
you should never, never release it. Never let go of it. I mean, like a bulldog locking its jaws on something. Never let go, never let up, never quit. In fact, get this. Caleb's name literally means, you ready for this? Follows God like a dog. Persistence. Never letting go. Never looking back. Never giving up. So let me ask all you a question. God ever given you a promise? The answer is no. He's not given you one promise. He's given you thousands of them. Right in his word. There are over 8,000 promises of God in the Bible. And they're all yours to claim. But until you take hold of them, until you learn them and bring them into your heart, they don't do you any good. An unclaimed promise of God is kind of like not claiming a winning lottery ticket. I mean, what if somebody held the winning lottery ticket but never cashed it in to claim the prize? I mean, how ridiculous and crazy would that be? But I'm going to tell you what's a lot sadder, what's a lot crazier than not claiming a winning lottery ticket. It's actually having the precious, awesome promises of God and never taking hold of them. But in order to claim the promises of God, guys, let me just be very blunt with you. you got to read them. you got to learn them. you got to take them in, hold, take hold of them, claim them. And then once you find a promise that speaks to your life, man, you hold on to it. You never release it. Like Caleb, if you have to wait 45 years for it to be fulfilled, Caleb teaches us, man, never give up. Never give up on God. Never give up on his promises. It doesn't matter what you might be going through. It, might not, it doesn't matter how long the delay might be. God is faithful. His word is sure and complete. And he honors persistence. Caleb's a great example of that. Number two, Caleb is also a great example of endurance. Endurance. Both Joshua and Caleb, they are old dudes. Old guys. But here's God reminding them that he's not finished with them. He's not through with them. In Joshua 13.1, we read this. When Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, You are growing old, and much land remains to be conquered. God was saying, listen, I need you still. I need a couple of old guys to seal the deal, to do the job. I mean, you kind of expect him to say, you know, Joshua, Caleb, you've done a good job. You know, take a rest for a little while, relax, kind of, you know, sink off into retirement. You know, I'll use some younger bucks to get the job done. Listen, God not only preserved the promise for the man, but he preserved the man for the promise. Caleb was 85 years old before he moved into his dream home. I mean, that's an age when most people are kind of feeling like, well, you know, it's time to slow down, time to step aside, time to, you know, go off to something else. So here's the lesson for everybody today, for all of us. When you follow God wholeheartedly, you never retire from serving him. Never. Now, many of you happen to be in a job where, or a career that allows you to retire, you know, after a certain number of years. And man, that's great, you know? You've earned it, you know? Now go out and spend your children's inheritance, right? I mean, that's great. But I want everybody to hear this. You never, ever retire 
from serving God, from, from living out his purposes for your life. Now, six times, six times in the Old Testament, we read these words describing uh, Caleb. He, the word is, he wholeheartedly followed the Lord. If you are a Christian, and you are not following God with your whole heart, you are a half-hearted Christian. And half-hearted Christians end up becoming faint-hearted Christians. And what I mean by that is, they give up. They give in. They walk away. They let up during a pandemic. They, 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 they quit. Listen, God has called every, every believer to serve him, no matter the circumstances, no matter what's happening in our world. And if you are following God with your whole heart, man, you never, you never retire from serving him. I don't care how, you know, where you're at in life, what your stage of life is, the rest of your life can always be the best of your life. Serving God, it's not a job. It's a life's calling. It's a vocation. The word vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to call, to call. God has called all of you. He has called all of his children to serve him. It is your real vocation. And you never take a vacation from your vocation. Now, you might think, well, Pastor Chris, God can't use me. You see, I'm too young. I'm too old. I don't have any special gifts or talents or trainings or, or, or abilities. You need to hear this today. Nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. Our God is simply looking for people who are available. And those, the very limitations that you might think are somehow, some way, your biggest detriment let me tell you something, in, with Holy Spirit power and in the kingdom of God, those things can become your most valuable means of bringing glory and honor to God. God doesn't use superstars. He's not looking for them. He's looking for servants. Servants. It is not. It's not your ability that counts with God. It's your availability. And our God, throughout all of Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, throughout all history, He loves, He loves to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things if they are available. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is 2 Chronicles 16.9. It says this, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. What that verse says is that God is searching. One translation says his eyes are searching to and fro, moving back and forth, looking for people like Caleb. Looking for men and women and students who don't give up when times are tough, who don't quit when things don't go as planned, who don't give in when there's a delay. He is looking for wholehearted people who are ready to be used, who are fully committed to him. Listen, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter the mistakes you might have made, keep on serving. You know, God is not finished with you. He's not through with you. 
And so, you know, remember the Christian life, it's not a sprint. You know, it is this ongoing journey. It's this marathon. So you, you and I are to keep on serving, keep on praying, keep on being available, keep on loving, keep being available to God. And if you'll just do that, and if you'll open up your ears and listen to his word and listen to his spirit, you know what God will do? He will speak and he will tell you about a specific ministry or a vision or a dream that he needs you to fulfill. And if you won't do it, again, his word says he's searching, he's looking. You know what he'll do? He'll just go to the next person who's wholehearted. The next person who's willing to be fully committed to him. The next church. But I, for one, want to raise my hand and say, God, look no further. Use me. Use Coastal Community Church. You know, Caleb is one of my heroes. I mean, at this point, again, he's 85 years old. And I'll just tell you, the older I get, the younger that seems, right? But let me tell you something. I love. I love to do what I get to do. And the calling that I feel on my life from God to pastor this church, to lead this church, let me tell you something, it is stronger today than it was 30 years ago when God called me and Janet to start this church. I can't imagine getting to do anything else. I got the best job in the world. I get to work with you. I do, man, it's awesome. Now, I believe that I am never, never, ever going to retire from serving God. Now, granted, one day in the distant future, there might be some young buck with a thick head of hair like I used to have when I was 15. Um, and he'll come and he'll serve as the pastor of this church. But let me tell you something, Chris Rollins is never going to stop. Never retire from sharing the good news of the gospel and serving and sharing the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston in the world as long as I got breath in my body. And as long as I got teeth, just like that bulldog, let me tell you something, I'm gonna bite down and I'm gonna chew on the devil and when I lose my teeth, I'm gonna gum him to death. May God give you and me that kind of endurance, the same kind of endurance that Caleb had. Number three, Caleb's an example of courage, courage. He was a brave soldier at 40, and now we see he's just as courageous at 85. He is still, still ready for battle. Listen, courage is not the absence of fear. It's not. Courage is the ability to move forward in spite of your fears, to keep taking those next steps. Every soldier who's ever fought in battle, every soldier who stormed onto the beaches of Normandy on D-Day was terrified. They weren't fearless. You know what they were? They were courageous. When you're afraid, courage is what keeps you moving forward. So here's the lesson for you and me today. When you fight in God's strength, you never retreat from the enemy. You never retreat. Caleb was still ready to go charging into battle when he was 85. Listen, when you and I follow the Lord with our whole heart, you never back up, shut up, or give up until we are caught up in heaven. I love this old quote from uh, Pastor Bob Moorhead. 
uh, pastor from another generation. I heard him speak when I was a, a young pastor. He's now gone on to be with the Lord. But it expresses how I feel today. Listen to this. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, or back away. My past has been redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. Because I now live by faith. I lean into his presence. I walk by his spirit. I am uplifted by prayer and I labor with power. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. My guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, hired away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of my enemy, pander at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I will not give up, shut up, let up, until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, give up till I drop, preach to all know, and work till he stops me, and when he comes again or calls me home, my banner will be clear. Listen, that's how I feel today. Now, by the way, I really believe this, that one of the best, one of the best ways to build into your life that kind of persistence and endurance and courage into your journey of faith, listen to me, if you're online, pay attention. If you're in the room, pay attention. The best way to do that, one of them is to build into your life a team of other people, to do life in community and fellowship with other people of faith. And that's been one of the tragedies of this pandemic is that people have fallen away. They, they have backed away from relationships and engaging. And let me tell you something, that's why our life groups are so important. Right there, that's why they're important. So you take that catalog, you go on to our website, you look through it. Listen, I don't care who you are, what your story is, you need this, we need this. Sign up for a group. They only last for a semester. You can do anything for you know, a couple of months. But we need this. You know, listen, if you just want to go fast in life, and, and there's a lot of people that are doing that, and it seems that all of life is just, you know, barreling down the road as fast as can be, out of control, and if that's what you want, if you want to go fast, sure, go alone. Because that's what people do when they're going fast. But if you want to go far, if you want to make an impact, if you want to leave a legacy, then you go with other people. Sign up for a life group. That's my pitch. Now, to live this kind of life, this life of persistence and endurance and courage, let me, let me mention two enemies that Caleb had to overcome. And they're the same two enemies that everybody today is going to have to overcome as well. Number one, our grasshopper complex. 
Our grasshopper complex. The, the, that's, what the, that's the first enemy the Israelites had to conquer. 45 years earlier, Moses had led them to the place of Kadesh Barnea, and they sent 12 spies into the, into the promised land to investigate it. So when these 12 spies returned, 10, a vast majority, 10 of them reported they're giants in the land. Listen to Numbers 13.33. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like what? Grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. The spies suffered from a grasshopper complex. I mean, they were already defeated in their minds because they thought they looked like grasshoppers to the mighty warriors of Canaan. Well, you know what? They're only half right. They did look like grasshoppers in their own eyes, but to the Canaanites, the enemy, they didn't look like grasshoppers at all. In fact, to them, history tells us that they looked like a mighty army. In fact, according to Rahab, you know, remember Rahab, uh, the prostitute who became a princess? Morgan uh, spoke about her uh, a couple of months back in our Women of the Word series. Well, according to Rahab, the people in Canaan, get this, they'd actually been trembling in fear of the mighty Israelite army for years. You might be suffering from a grasshopper complex, thinking that you're too little, you don't have a much, you don't have that much, you're, you're too old, you don't have enough gifts or abilities. You know, if you hear, you can't do it, you can't, you can't do it. If you hear that enough, you know, growing up and as an adult, you tell yourself that, you begin to believe it. So be, before you claim God's promises and you start living in the land of victory, you gotta overcome this. This grasshopper complex, you gotta, you gotta have the attitude of Caleb. Now, Let's talk about his attitude. Caleb never denied that there were giants there. Instead, listen to what he said, Numbers 14, 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. In fact, uh, in the King James Version, the word there, the phrase there for uh, devour, it, uh, it is translated as the giants would be bread for us. In other words, what's he saying? He's saying that, hey, guys, listen up. Man, in God's power, we're going to eat these giants for lunch. That's what he's saying. Now the 10 wimpy spies, they were whining, look how big, oh my goodness, look how big these giants are compared to us. Caleb said, look at how small these giants are compared to God. I mean, the worry warts were whining, oh my goodness, they're too big for us to fight. And Caleb is saying, guys, listen, they're too big for us to miss. The second enemy we have to overcome is our inner giants. Our inner giants. Now, most of the giants we face are the ones we create in our own mind. When it comes to spiritual victory, uh, the old historic uh, comic strip character Pogo, if you remember Pogo, you are really old, by the way, um, but he historically said this, we have met the enemy and he is who? Us. We have met the enemy and he is us. I agree. In Joshua 15, 14, we actually read about three of the giants that Caleb fought. Now, remember, in, in the Old Testament times, uh, names 
uh, were more than just, you know, identifying labels, you know, Chris or John or Sue. Uh, They carried meaning with them. They communicated something. So let's meet these three giants. Caleb drove out the three groups of the Anakites, the descendants of Sheshai, which, by the way, that name means who I am, who I am. Amen, Amen, which means what I am, what I am, and Talmai, which means what I can do, the sons of Anak. So, and I don't want to go too far into this, but I, I think what we can get from this is before you ever claim a victory, you got to face and fight those same three giants in your own life. Who I am, you know what that is? That's your ego. Who I am, my ego, what I am, the enemy of pride, and what I can do, the enemy of self-sufficiency. Now, absolutely, there are other enemies on the outside, but before you're ever going to be successful about those, with those external enemies, those external giants, you've got to learn to defeat these same three internal ones. Ego, pride, self-sufficiency. So what about it, Coastal? You got the courage to fight the giants you face? You know, when you follow God with your whole heart like Caleb did, you're willing to face any giant. But the secret is learning to face them in the Lord's strength. It's to fight in the Lord's strength and not your own. See, when you fight in the Lord's strength, man, you're ready to attack hell with a water pistol. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11 says this, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. In other words, in your own strength, you're as helpless as a newborn kitten. But when you depend on God's power and God's strength, you have all the power of the Lion of Judah. I mean, you and I today, listen, yes, it is possible, and it's just, it's not, it's not possible, it's not probable, it is guaranteed. We are going to face what we consider an uncertain, unexpected future. And it might seem to you and I like victory might be impossible to attain. But just remember something, the word impossible is not a part of God's vocabulary. Now, it is impossible in your strength and in my strength. But that's where we claim the promise of Philippians 4.13. Back to claiming those promises. For I can do a few things. It doesn't say that, does it? I can do some things. It says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. As I close this morning, I want you to listen to this poem about Caleb that captures the courage of this man. He stood before Joshua with flashing eyes. Give me this mountain before I die. But Caleb, you're old and the mountain is high. Choose a peaceful spot on this plain to die. The people who live on the mountain are strong. The battle you fight will be bloody and long. His eyes never wavered as he spoke without fear. I've been promised this mountain for 45 years years. And as for the people being mighty and tall, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. For you see, it's not my strength on which I'm counting, for the Lord is going to give me that mountain. 
So let's, get, let's quit talking while it's still light. For the Lord and I have a battle to fight. Listen, I think the, I think the story of Caleb, I think it applies to us today. Guys, let's not give up. Let's not quit. You know, the world might be getting worse and worse, but guess what? The light shines brighter in the darkness. And that is what God has called us to. Never to retreat, never to back away, never to give up. So let's take heart those lessons of Caleb. Never release the promises of God, never retire from serving him, and never retreat from the enemy. If you and I will follow God with our whole heart, and depend on his strength alone, you'll be able to thrive even at age 85. And if God, by the way, can do that for an old man like Caleb, just think what he can do with you. We're gonna, I wanna pray with you in just a second. But it's quite possible that, you know, today's decision For many of us today, many of you here, many of you watching online, is to recommit your life to Christ. I mean, if you're honest with yourself and honest with God, you know, maybe during this season, you've not been wholehearted. You've been half-hearted. Today's a new day. And God's grace is is as available today as it's always been. He's ready for you. The Bible tells us his eyes are searching back and forth throughout the whole earth, ready to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Take out that connect card. Maybe that's the decision for you today. Maybe the decision for you is that you're ready to come home for the very first time. Maybe you've been coming to Coastal, you've been watching us online, you hear the good news of the gospel all the time about how there's a God who loves you who's never done with you, and he wants to forgive you and love you and have a relationship with you, but you come to him one and only one way, and that's through humbly admitting that Jesus really is his son, and then he went to the cross to die for your sin, to be a sacrifice for you and your sin, but he proved that he was who he says he was all the time by rising back from the dead, by coming to life. It was witnessed by hundreds of people. It was recorded in human history. He rose from the dead and he is alive. And if you'll just put your faith and trust in him, you can have forgiveness of all your sin. Your present can make sense. You'll be given a, a purpose for living, a home in heaven. What's your decision today? I'm gonna pray. I'd like to step you through that. And whatever that is, let us know. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word and I thank you for the story of Caleb. May you find, may you find us faithful. May we be like him, people of persistence, of endurance and courage. May we be faithful to the end. May we be wholehearted. And uh, Father, I thank you um, for the many people that are watching this right now that Maybe you're just ready to come home for the very first time. To confess their sin, to bow the knee and say, Jesus is Lord. 
Listen, if you're ready to do that, just pray something simple like right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to the cross for me. I believe he rose from the dead and he is alive. And today, today I put my faith and trust in him and him alone. And for the rest of my life, I just want to follow him and become more and more like you see me now. Father, thank you for loving us the way you do. Thank you for the life that you've given us to live. May we live a life worthy of being a part of your family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.